0: On June 17, 2000, Mark Hankel was interviewed by Dr. Tony Cook on Howling at the Moon on KTLK. Welcome to Howling at the Moon, honest talk on the meanings of life with the Reverend Dr. Tony Cook.
1: Howling at the Moon, happy Saturday evening, and I understand the sun will come out tomorrow as the anti song
0: says. <laughs> I'm here with the Reverend Dr. Johnny Cook, I'm Preston Major, and this is Howling at the
2: Moon, and
0: the radio outreach, for lack of a better word, of St. Paul's United Methodist Church.
2: Not, that's not a bad word. It <laughs> Sounds kind of like an old question. Christian word, yeah, maybe, does, that's maybe that could be a little put-offish for some of us. Um, we are here tonight with a very interesting topic, and over the next two hours, I hope to stay tuned because it's going to get really interesting. We're talking tonight about monogamy and other, I guess, relationship configurations. And there are certainly many of them out there as, uh, well, I've been on the web this week and I've been really enjoying seeing some of the stuff out there. Some of us think of monogamy as the only choice. I know for me, I'm a woman who's been married to the same husband for almost 30 years and monogamous. I I see that as the only choice for me in my life. I can tell you as a pastor uh, who's done a lot of marriage counseling, both for gays and straights, that I have always encouraged folks to be in uh, committed, monogamous relationships. I do know there are p- folks out there, good, good spiritual, uh, people with value folks, even Christian folks out there, who don't agree with me, who would say, no, there are other truly uh, other options out there that are are truly also good and positive and healthy options. Now, we're going to be working with some uh, different words tonight. Uh, One of them is polygamy, uh, P-O-L-Y-G-A-M-Y. That means, uh, you know, having more than one husband or more than one wife. So it could be a woman with more than one husband or it can be a man with more than one wife. Now, polygamy, P-O-L-Y-G-Y-N-Y, usually means a man with more than one wife. Polyandry is a woman with more than one husband. And then we have uh, another whole, another term, polyamory, which is the philosophy and practice of loving more than one other person at a time with the knowledge and consent of all partners. So there are a whole variety of terms here, uh, just a lot of stuff out there that we're going to be talking about over the next two hours. We're going to have uh, several uh, wonderful guests that we're going to be talking with this evening. Next hour, we're going to be talking with Alan from the Closed Loop Society, which is a bisexual alternative to monogamy. And in this hour, we're going to be speaking with Mark, who considers himself a Christian and a polygamist. Now, I, a lot of people are going, "Ah, that's an oxymoron! How could that be?" I just, I, it's just like beyond anything that I could, per, you know, comprehend, and it's certainly against everything I've ever been taught, and blah, blah, blah. And then that probably well could be for many of us. I know for me, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a strange concept. Um, and yet, if I, I look at the scriptures. The Hebrew and the Christian scriptures, we do see a pattern, and some, especially in the patriarchs and the Hebrew scriptures, of polygamy. We see a pattern, pattern usually in poly, polygyny. Actually, usually it's one man with um, many wives. And I know that we see around the world, even today, we see that this goes on. It's very interesting because polygamy is a very common mode of family organization around the world, even today. Of 1,170 societies recorded in the Ethnographic Atlas, polygyny, that's mean men having more than one wife, is prevalent in 850 out of these 1,170 societies. Moreover, our own, our own American society is far from completely monogamous, if you think about it. About one-fourth of all children born in the United States in 1990 were born to unmarried mothers who were not cohabitating with the father. Even though simultaneous marriages to multiple partners are not officially recognized, divorce and remarriage leads to a common pattern of serial polygamy in which males remarry more frequently than females and are more likely than females to have children by more than one spouse. So let's think about this. This is a a topic that's a little tough for some of us. Uh, I don't think it's comfortable necessarily even to talk about this topic because it takes me beyond the boundaries of anything I know I have ever thought was acceptable, and yet I think we need to talk about these things, and I want you to call this evening, I want you to be part of this conversation I know Preston wants you to also The number here at Howling at the Moon here at KTLK is 303-713-7600 303-713-7600 Also, if you're interested in emailing us, you may email us tonight during the show at tangent capital t-a-n-g-e-n-t 97 at aol.com tangent t-a-n-g-e-n-t 97 at aol.com because we want to make sure if you want to be part of this if you're listening on the web remember you can be listening at ktok.com any night anywhere in the world any saturday night anywhere in the world and pick up howling at the moon all right we are going to begin now with our first guest who is mark Henkel. Mark, I'm going to make sure i got him on the line before I introduce him. Mark, are you there? I sure am. Great. Mark Henkel is a 35-year-old, very happily married, (laughs) and he says this, I'm not putting words in his mouth, very happily married, conservative, evangelical, born-again Christian man from Old Orchard Beach, Maine. Mark is also the founder of the Christian ministry called Truth Bearer. Mark says that the Truth Bearer mission is that of bringing Christian polygamy to the churches. Based on, based on the New and Old Testament scriptures and preaching, what has come to be known as the Truth Bearer vision of love not force. This ministry can be found online at truthbearer.org. T R U T H, B E A R E R. dot O R G. Now I have a question for you, Mark. Sure. What is the Truth Bearer vision of love not force? It is the message
0: that a man must grow so profoundly. Because the marriage model is that of Ephesians 5:22 to 25, that he would love a wife as profoundly as Christ so loves the churches; that he would not force polygamy on his first wife, but rather would grow so much in love and so much love to her that he would help her embrace it. But and so, and it is in a other matter of words,
2: polygamy to you is the is the the intended model for human beings.
0: Well. For Christians, for scripture-believing uh, Christians, that, that their guidebook specifically is focused on coming out of the Old and New Testament scriptures, that the the model for marriage is Ephesians 5, 22 to 25, that marriage is to be where husbands follow after the example of Jesus Christ, being so loving and selfless and, and giving to the point that he laid down his life, and wives being as the churches. And a man is to love wives, not just simply pound his chest and be a tyrant and, and all the other kinds of abusive mindsets that are out there, but rather being as as selfless and loving as Christ who loves the churches. And that, that's the calling to Christian men.
2: No, and, and, and I honestly think that probably the promise keepers and many, many groups out there, conservative, uh, fundamental tr- Christian groups would say that they take that literally and they... Say that means that the husband is to care for his wife. He's to take care of his wife. He's to to love her as Christ loves the church. Whatever that means, Absolutely. and that uh, that's the model. But where? How do you make the leap from that um, rather kind of conservative, traditional model to a polygamy? Sure.
0: Well, actually, I uh, I would say that I come from the same kind of mindset as uh, as these other groups you were mentioning.
2: No, and I know you do. Sure. I know. So it's not. Uh, and that's not, why we're bringing it to you. Yeah. Them, right. There,
0: the first uh, the point is is that they use the example of his churches which of course is what Ephesians five twenty-two to 25 says but we also see in Matthew 25 1 to 13 the parable of the ten virgins where Christ is coming to marry five of the ten virgins and that is clearly the churches and it is a polygamous situation and the Lord Jesus Christ being sinless would never have described himself in a sinful situation as that parable clearly is but besides that it is also even told in the, uh, the scriptures in 1 Timothy 4one 3 it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. Today's churches, unfortunately, without realizing it, would forbid the marriages of Abraham, who married three wives, of Jacob Israel, who married four wives, who married Moses, who married two wives; Gideon, who had 70 sons with many wives, the prophet Samuel, his father had two wives, David had at least eighteen wives. They would forbid all these incredibly holy men of God from the very scriptures that we all quote. When you quote Genesis all the way through Deuteron- Deuteronomy, you're quoting what was written by polygamous Moses. And they would forbid the marriages of all these holy, holy men of God in the Word of God from being in their churches. And this was even foretold right in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to
2: 3. Well, and I would agree that if we really look closely at the Scriptures, we probably would have a difficult time trying to say that polygamy is a sin. I think we'd have a hard time with that one. But what I'm wondering about, is if polygamy is indeed the, so we say, preferred model. And I'm, not, I'm saying maybe there are several acceptable models, but is there one model, uh, such as monogamy, which is preferred? For instance, I was looking at some, you know, a couple of different scriptures myself, and, um, you know, uh, in particular, I'm looking at some of these uh, Christian scriptures, some of the New Testament scriptures. Mm-hmm. And in Mark 10... Um, 4 through 9 it says from the beginning of creation God made them male and female for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife not Mm -hmm. wives and they shall be one flesh now Mm -hmm. how do you be one flesh with more than one person very simple first of all remember that he's quoting
0: Genesis 2:24. okay when he talks about the two shall be one flesh right Moses wrote that first Jesus is just quoting Moses okay and Moses had two wives So clearly Moses would know this. Now, beyond that, the issue is that he is one flesh with each wife. In fact, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it talks about how a man can be one flesh with a harlot. Now, if one flesh is the definition of marriage, and a man is one flesh, he's married at the time he's one flesh with a woman, then what that has just said in 1 Corinthians 6 is that the man is no longer married to his wife if he fornicated with a harlot. Now he is one flesh with the harlot. So clearly, one flesh is a... A union between the man and each woman.
2: Okay, and I've and I have a couple more, and sure. I'm sure that you are up on all this stuff. Sure. And um, one is, uh, one that I think sticks in my mind, and maybe in many minds of folks, are the passage in Matthew 19, mm-hmm. uh, where Jesus talks, and he says, "I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, right. and marries another woman, commits right. adultery." Now, right argument fails if polygamy is acceptable to Jesus because Mm -hmm. Jesus' point is that improper divorce does not nullify a marriage and if the first marriage still stands then a second marriage is adultery is what he's saying well actually he's not saying polygamy he's saying adultery one sec
0: first of all the passage is about divorce it's not about polygamy remember polygamy is not about divorce polygamy is about marriage right marriage with a with an exclamation point
2: no but the (laughs) the, uh, reference goes back to the marriage well one sec
0: if we look at the word adultery, remember, we're only using English words. The word itself, when it first appears, is actually in the seventh commandment, in Exodus 20 verse 14, which is thou shalt not commit adultery. The word in the Hebrew, which is really the text we need to concern ourselves with, is na'af. And the word na'af means woman that breaketh wedlock. It does not mean man who breaks wedlock. So understanding the concept that the word adultery means woman that breaketh wedlock, put that into the concept of Matthew 193 to 9 where the Pharisees asked if it's okay to divorce for every cause, and Jesus says no. He, he exactly repeats the principle outlined in Deuteronomy 24, 1, that the only reason a man can divorce his wife is her uncleanness, exactly as it says in Deuteronomy 24, 1, and then he goes on to explain in that Matthew 19 uh, passage, yeah, that uh, notice, notice who's guilty of adultery. Remembering that the word adultery means woman that breaketh wedlock.
2: Well, which is kind of tragic because that's a very, very sexist uh, well, it, approach it, to adultery.
0: Well, well, I understand, but we have to deal with what the word itself says and what the word meant as it was written. And clearly we know this is the case because only 22 verses after the 7th commandment is given in Exodus 20, in Exodus 21.10, it's, which is said to be a judgment of the Lord, it says, If he take him another wife, her food, her raiment, and her duty of marriage shall he not diminish. So already, only 22 verses after the commandment of yeah, the and, Adel- I,
2: and I know that passage. That's right.
0: right. And also in Deuteronomy 21:15, it even begins with, If a man have two wives. That's in the law. And, and we're not talking about being under the law, but by the law we know what is sin. And if... Polygamy was a sin that would not be in the
2: law. No, and I'm not saying polygamy right. is a sin, right. and I want you to hear that. I don't. I, do. I, 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 I didn't. I don't see that. Right. I have to admit, I don't right. see that as a sin in the scriptures. Right. Well, we're dealing but, with the but, but I don't see. Uh, but I don't see uh, polygamy necessarily is the highest ideal. Well, I'm not it, saying it, it is. And here, yeah. for instance, in First in Timothy three, right. uh, one through two. A believer, a Christian believer with two wives or more is not allowed to hold the position of elder, bishop, minister, pastor, deacon, or youth leader in the church. Mm-hmm. And this is what it says. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, and apt to teach. They include the husband of one wife as in this list of things that are the highest of standards, sure. the blameless standards. Sure.
0: Well, first of all, realizing that you are using a modern English definition, it goes back again to what was the original words that that are used. When you go back to the Greek on that, it does not say, man with, who has had two wives. It doesn't even say that. All it says is, mia, wife. And the word mia in the Greek has also been translated as first in many places.
2: So for you, it could mean the man... He he
0: must be the husband of his first wife, which goes back to the anti-divorce concept.
2: Which meant he didn't divorce his first wife when he married somebody else.
0: Exactly. And that brings us back to what I was trying to explain with Matthew 19, that when a man puts his wife away to marry another, he's first of all violating Exodus 21.10, that he not put her away. He is causing his first wife to commit adultery and that's why he's guilty because he caused his wife to break her wedlock with him when she marries another the second husband of course uh he commits the act by participating okay. and of course that's how that passage is actually right. about uh, uh the issue of of divorce and jesus was only answering the question in verse three they were saying is it okay to divorce for every cause he says no only the one exception as was that's already spelled right. out in deuteronomy 24 1.
2: okay now for you then the the whole concept of polygamy is 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 equally is 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 acceptable according to scriptures as monogamy? That's it, your reading of it. The, the two principles, basically. And, and I great. don't want to do any more scriptural proof testing right no. now. Here, okay. <laughs> I got you. No, I know. I think it's real interesting, yeah, and, yeah. and and I do know that there are more. Than, there's more than one interpretation sure. for for those passages, also. I got you. You know, the, the, I, that, I accept yours. That's not necessarily as yours. I don't. Doesn't mean that that I would agree with them. I understand. No okay. problem. Okay. Okay.
0: The the. I am not putting uh, polygamy as above others. In fact, if anything, based on, you know, again, the vision of love not force, it's, it, it, it's really teaching that it's as God would call. And it, 1 Corinthians 7.17 is about that specifically. So really, be it no wife, one wife, or more than one wife, it's only as God would call and so ordain I in all churches, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7.17. So 7, 17. for you,
2: then, God can call different uh, men. and This is only men, obviously. Sure. To uh, be in polygamous relationships or non-polygamous relationships, depending uh, on, uh, or or no no relationship at all, depending on the call. But but once again, your worldview is based on. As I as I listen to you, and okay. as I, as, I, as I read a lot of stuff at your website, sure. it's a, it's a very patriarchal worldview. You know, okay. where sort of God is, is is very masculine, and Jesus is the model, and Jesus' relationship with the church is the model and, of how a man should treat his wife. And therefore, based on that, it's perfectly all right for the man to be uh, in polygamous relationships, but not for the woman to be in polygamous. Are you do you believe that women should are also allowed to be in polygamous relationships according to scriptures.
0: I do not see a single scripture that would identify that as a, as okay. a possibility. But I do want to say this, and that is, is that this is not about any kind of fleshly foolishness, and that's why the whole message of love not forced. If you have to force on your first wife, then you're not ready for it. The, the monogamy, forced monogamy, here's what it does. If you have ten men and ten women... And nine of those men are jerks, and we certainly have an an extreme abundance of albundis in our society. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Now, you have one of those men is a man who is selfless, and I mean selfless, ministering, really loves woman, cares for woman, wants to bless her, wants to nurture her, help her be what she can be, help her blossom, love her, love woman. Okay. Now, the monogamy doctrine has forced nine of those women to either settle or go without. They're going to have to have those jerks. This is not about giving a free license to men to go do whatever they want to do and so forth. This is, first, as God would call, and secondly, being as Christ so loved the church. It's the, the truth, the vision of love, not force, and that you actually so profoundly love the wife that she herself embraces this and would want this in, in the family as well.
2: Why would a love for a woman lead to a, a need for another wife? It's not an I mean, issue of need. That, why, would you, is. why would you want to have more than one one woman in your life? Why would you need another partner other than one? How could one not complete you?
0: See, you have just phrased it in the opposite direction. It's not about, see, love is not about what you want and what you get. Love, as falling as as Christ does, is coming out of you, ministering to the needs of others. You know, we've got a world, look at monogamy now. We've got too many mommies all alone, raising babies, no daddy at home. And instead, because men are too afraid of Taking responsibility, afraid that this is all I've got to get, and so forth. Ah, afraid. No, okay.
2: but, but listen. So no, I'm getting it. So your idea is that you, Call men to you're called up. to love more than one woman because you think there's a need out there for women to be loved by a stable, uh, k- kind of loving Christian man. Is Absolutely. that what you're saying?
1: Okay.
0: Which, which is better? In fact, uh, what's your name? Uh, the Dr. Joyce Brothers said on the uh, on Politically Incorrect back in '94, I think it was. You know, she would rather be third in third li- third in line of a good man than the only man of a jerk
2: that,
0: <laughs> you, know, you know the only wife of a jerk so, so the point being that this is about ministry this is about the, calling men to a higher loving a outward flowing giving loving a woman more than she's even able to receive and, and that is an actuality. It's not a, not, not some kind of... And this parody. is your own
2: personal life. You and your wife both embrace polygamy. Absolutely, emphatically. And and this is something you're both comfortable with. Now, oh, listen, I've got to take a break, Mark. Sure. Can you hold on for a sure few minutes? Sure can. We're going to be right back. Anybody that wants to call in now, feel free to call in and ask questions at 303-713-7600. I've been talking... With um, this is her, Mark Henkel, the founder of Truth Bearer, bringing Christian polygamy to the churches. Something that I'm not comfortable with, but Mark is obviously very comfortable with. So call us 303 713 7600 or email us at tangent97 at AOL.com. Howling at the Moon will be right back. Hi, this is Tony Cook, and we are back with Howling at the Moon, an alternative. Progressive Religious Talk Show, sponsored by St. Paul's United Methodist Church. That was Preston Major, my co-host, who is speaking this evening. We are having a very interesting conversation this this evening on monogamy and polygamy and polygyny (laughs) and polyandry and uh, polyamore. So anyway, we have lots of things to talk about this evening, and we're just beginning, and we've been having a great conversation with Mark Henkel. Mark is uh, a married man who is a conservative evangelical Christian from Maine. He is the founder of Truth Bearer, which is a ministry that uh, is trying to bring Christian polygamy to the churches. Now, if you are interested in having a conversation with us, please call us at 303 Seven one three seventy six hundred. Hi, Mark. Are you still there? I sure am. Great. Um, Mark has been telling us that his model for uh, marriage is the model of Christ and the church. Christ taking care of the church. The Christ being the Lord. The church being, in, in many ways, I guess, the submissive. Is that is that true?
0: In the proper definition, not in the, uh, the, the kind of propaganda slam that has been uh, put forth there. Uh, and I don't mean by you, but just in general, when you say the word submissive, it comes across as a, uh, uh, a term that uh, has been redefined in our society, just as like the word adultery has been redefined. And uh, the concept being that is an issue of being receptive to that kind, of se- that kind of selfless love that Christ has given. So I guess you'd say it's receptive to the selfless love.
2: We do have a caller. I want you to, to listen to this. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Hello? Hi, hi, Chris. Are you on the air? I am, thanks. Great. We're glad that you called. Tell us what your comment is. Do you have a comment for Mark Hankel? Or yeah, I comment and a question. You know, as I was thinking, about, if, if you take an open thing and you think about what Mark's talking about, the more it pushes their capacity to the a lot. Pardon me? I'm, I'm having, breaking up. You're breaking up a little bit, Chris. Okay. Well, let me see.
0: I'm just going so fast here. I was just thinking that someone's love is increased like Christ's love. And as Christ was, you know, a perfect, a charitable love, your capacity to love would increase and your ability, I think, to love an additional life would increase. And so that's, I was wondering if Mark thought, uh, how is this polygamy any different from the Mormons used to practice in the early 1800s?
2: Okay, how is your concept of polygamy any different than that which the Mormons practiced in the early 1800s, Mark? Well,
0: ours is first based only on the scriptures of the Old Testament and the New Testament uh, basically I would say simply uh, while KGV is not perfect it makes a great doorway back to the Hebrew and Greek using strong exhaustive concordance uh, the Mormon uh, polygamy comes from uh, the uh, supposed revelation of number 132 of Doctrine and Covenants where Joseph Smith says this is the new uh, the new plan and then uh, Also, later on, their later leader, Brigham Young, uh, has a discourse saying something about uh, there is some concept of pre-existence of souls, and it is the Mormon duty to have many wives and so to have many children so that all these these, uh, pre-existing souls will be born into Mormon uh, people. So that's that's where their whole uh, concept comes from. Ours is just purely... Uh, it has nothing to do with any of that. It's just purely straight out of the Scriptures, and that's why uh, we say that we're continuing the Reformation. We're simply uh, bringing the truth that has so obviously always been there in the Scriptures uh, all this time. We're just bringing it back to all the Scripture-believing uh, Christians that this is, this is what it is said. It's not an issue of the flesh. It's not the stereotype, and uh, it's about men growing so much more profoundly than, than they've ever
2: seen. Chris? Okay, Chris had to hang up. If anybody else wants to call us, please call us at 303-713-7600. Thank you, Chris, for that call.
0: This was a great question.
2: Yeah, it was a great question. Um, I guess uh, what what's becoming, you know, what is clear as I listen to you, at least to me, Mark, is that truly your uh, theological base for this is, is solid and in scriptures, I, I, I don't see any. Uh, I would agree with you. I don't see that 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 polygamy is a sin. Um, it may not, by my interpretation, be the highest, uh, most blameless model. But by yours, it is. Well, and 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 I think that's where we probably will agree to disagree. I don't think that,
0: that I don't think that that's actually a statement about me. Correct. That's correct. Actually, I wouldn't say that I'm saying it's the highest model. Okay. I'm saying. Help that, me understand. Okay. I'm simply saying that one goes back to 1st Corinthians 7:17. 7, as God has distributed to every man as the Lord has called everyone so let him walk and so ordain I in all churches be it no wife one wife or more wives it's only as God would call and the churches should ordain and recognize that that's all I'm saying this is not saying one is above the other.
2: It's just saying that that is an acceptable form along with monogamy. It is,
0: it is it's about reforming, it, reforming our Christian beliefs back to what the Scriptures really say and always did say. And this is not changing anything new. It's, it's, it's just as Martin Luther and John Huss, you know, saying that the just shall live by faith. And, and what we're doing now, uh, you know, what the mission of Truth Bearer is, bringing right. Christian polygamy to the churches. It's continuing the Reformation that we, we get back to that, that purity of the Scriptures and, and really... I recognize that so few people have ever had any concept of this at all. And well, it,
2: really, it is a new concept for many Christians, of and, and even is. for non-Christians. Of course But is. Is. I also um, believe that, you know, not everybody is going to agree with you on this. Even sure. even, even fundamentals of Christians who go back and, and check their... Scriptures right along with yours, and, and even maybe they they will agree, but they were there's still a sense in which we do take certain practices, you know, uh, and we put them in a cultural context. Sure. And for many folks, they're going to say, well, this comes out of a cult- cultural context of a tribal society in which there was a real need for a number of offspring in order for the family to survive. It was a survival need. It had little to do with anything other than just survival. The family had to be big. And that's true even in Africa today where we see the, that's probably where polygamy may be practiced the most and that's because of the fact there's a need. Again, there those are agrarian societies and they need lots of people working out on the farm and there is so much um, infant death and there is such a need to build big families. The fastest way to do that is to have a number of wives. Well, um, but
0: also, if, if we go from the perspective of societal cultural need, if ever there was a societal cultural need all the abandoned mothers raising children. Uh, in, in what our society has no, taught and, them and, to and be. I,
2: and I see, from your perspective, that the, and, I, I'm and, I'm and that, that particular of thing. Happening. Yeah, and I and I hear that, and I absolutely hear that, and I think that that that's an interesting perspective on taking care of and supporting women who don't seem to have that support. I do have concerns, however, with the fact that this. The basis, the sort of the theological basis for this, is really patriarchal. It's, it's, it's really hierarchical with God, man, and then woman be below man in, in, in a kind of a, a hierarchy that, that I know personally I can't uh, feel comfortable with. I don't feel that that, would, that is healthy for, for me or for the, for the women that I know in my congregation. I think they would feel very, very oppressed by the, the theological basis that you have built this on. I understand. Okay. I understand from your perspective it's very biblical, but I also believe there are many things that are very biblical, such as, you know, a slavery, that we choose to say those were Cultural understandings of the way the family was structured. I mean, children didn't used to even have any rights. The children, even in the New Testament, didn't have rights. The, the parents would, you know, even when they got married, they, they the wife went over; she became the chattel of her husband, and then the husband was still under the thumb of his father until his father died. It didn't matter if the father, if the man lived to be sixty, if his dad was still alive, he didn't have rights. We have learned today to say that that's not the way we choose. To structure our our society, we choose to give more rights and more equality to children. I
0: can recognize that uh, from your standpoint, that uh, the the some of the conservative Christian perspective is is not where you're coming from, and I can respect that. And actually, with our our mission, we actually have a, a two-fold recognition of what we need to do, recognizing that there will be uh, individuals and 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 it groups. It, coming from the same perspective as you have, and yet you can at least recognize from the standpoint of tolerance doctrine. Yes. At the same time, I mean, in other words, because all we're talking about is the normalcy of and, and the non-oppression and the decriminalization of consensual adult Christian polygamy. Now, as long as it's consensual that and, and it's adult, that, that would probably not be too much of a difficulty for you on a tolerance concept. Right. Now you go to the... Scripture-fundamental evangelist, evangelical kind of Christians, from which I actually come.
2: Right, and I know you do based on what I've read. Right. Re- re- and and that,
0: that's our target audience, recognizing that we're already coming from the same perspective. And so what we need to do is to show our fellow Scripture-believing uh, conservative Christians that this is two things, totally scriptural, and, and scriptural along the same lines as our fellow conservatives believe, and it is love, not force. It is about husbands, men, growing so profoundly that they're capable, even whether it happens or not, but they're capable. They're so selfless, and love comes out of them. It's flowing. It's giving. It's ministering. It's, it's foot-washing, not well, tyrannical. Well, justice. you know,
2: that wouldn't be so bad, but I don't want to share my husband with somebody else, you know. And that's, and that's, that's <laughs> where you guys would be. If that's where you'd be called, <laughs> that's where you'd be called. <laughs> and and
0: you know, I've, I've got a question. Because um, polygamy is marriage, and that's strictly against the law uh, of man, if you will, Sure. Uh, what are you doing to try to, are you trying to change laws, okay. as well as trying to change people's perspectives? Well, first of all, we do not uh, recognize that uh, government has the authority to define marriage, that it's a God-given thing to begin with. Um, and so we don't need the uh, marriage license, because that would actually be where the criminality would be, is in getting the, right. the additional license. Um, we do not need government to pat us on the back and tell us, you're married. We don't need it. We already know God has defined it as defined... Uh, you know, according to God and not by government. Well then and that's
2: very similar to gay and lesbian brothers and sisters. Well you, feel well, that they well, you
0: can't. know the irony is the irony is I would say to my fellow conservatives that are up in arms about uh the uh, special rights as they would call it for homosexual behavior to the individuals, that that they they're, they're that by giving government the authority to define marriage, they set themselves up for the battle they now are facing on the legal front. That if they had realized that marriage is not defined by government anyway, that it is truly a First Amendment issue, that is truly a free exercise religion issue, we would never even have gotten into this legal matters regarding... Well, the
2: problem is that, that there aren't the built-in legal rights regarding, you know, inheritance around um, medical uh, care of the partner. Do you have to build... do you have to make contracts. Do you, do you write... Do you, that's what I am saying. to say. Have you had to write special contracts for, for uh, wives other than first wives in order to protect the rights of, of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth wives, whatever? That
0: is, that is, that is definitely a principle that we teach. Is that is certainly a concept of establishing a, a contractual basis. Uh, you can establish contracts with anybody. Um, and, and and so even if, you know, the, the idea of uh, uh, you know, cohabitation, as it's called, with uh, with more than uh, one wife, uh, with more than one woman, even if it's not government-recognized, the government would only recognize it as being a so-called affair by the government's standards, by the government's perspective, even though that's not what we would be considering it. And so from that standpoint, no law is being broken, unless, of course, they're going to start uh, going and arresting everybody who's ever uh, uh, living together. Which, know, well, you know, we know but,
2: that's not going to happen. Of
0: course we know right. that's not going to happen. So my right. point being is that, that that's the mistake that, the, uh, that, our, that that I would say my fellow conservative but don't, Christians make. But don't think you think the government think, has the authority yeah, to define well, marriage. Well,
2: maybe, th- and I, can, I understand, because m- my gay uh, and lesbian and sisters and brothers also believe that, and I would affirm that, right, that the government shouldn't be defining all of our personal relationships. On the other hand... It's, it's, it's through the auspices of the government that we oftentimes get the kind of rights and protections that we need, like marriages do. You know, my marriage, I have so many more rights in my marriage to my husband than my gay and lesbian sisters and brothers do have in their uh contracts that they have tried to to draw up with one another and it's very very difficult for them to I mean when when a spouse is in the hospital if the family could just swoop in the next of kin and just knock them right out of there and you know unless they have very 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 tightly written you know medical power of attorney's written at the point of death in, in the state of Colorado it doesn't matter what your will says um family next of kin has all rights over the body i mean it, there are Really painful and 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 disempowering aspects to not being able to have the legal rights of marriage, and and I would think well, that would hold would true in polygamous relationships.
0: I would agree with that from the 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 standpoint that it's actually. Not so much that it's, you know, one has gotten less, but government has given too much in thinking. It's sort of like the more government thinks it's giving you something, the more power it has to manipulate you. And anyway, Colorado, isn't that actually where uh, Amendment 2 got shot down by the Supreme Court last uh, 1996? Yes. Well, actually, and there's a link from uh, toothbear.org on the link page. Okay.
2: Listen, Mark, we have to take a, a, a quick break. And if you want to stay on, we, sure. we'd be glad to have you stay on. Sure. We'll be right back. Uh, and please call us. We want to be, have you co- in conversation with Mark Henkel, founder of Truth Bear, who's been uh, trying to bring Christian polygamy to the churches. I'm pa- Tony Cook, pastor of St. Paul's United Methodist Church. I would be at the other end of the spectrum, on the monogamous end, I guess. And please call us at 303-713-7600. We want to talk to you here at Howling at the Moon
0: seven T L K.
2: Hi, this is Tony Cook, and this is Howling at the Moon, a progressive religious talk show sponsored by St. Paul's United Methodist Church at 16th and Ogden in Denver. We invite you every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. to join us for Christian worship, every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. for our Buddhist Christian contemplative service, the first Sundays of the month throughout the winter for our alternative worship service. You can always call us during the week. If you have questions or comments, that number at the church is 303-832-4929. We have been talking this evening about monogamy and polygamy, and it's been a very interesting conversation with Mark Henkel, who is a conservative evangelical Christian man from Maine, who's the founder of Truth Bearer. It's a uh, a ministry of bringing Christian polygamy to the churches, he says, based on New and Old Testament scriptures. Um, somebody just called in a minute ago and wanted to have that. Um, how to find? Wanted, wanted to find out how to get a hold of you online again, and that is truthbearer.org. T r u t h b e a r e r dot o r g dot org. Dot org. Um, do we have another caller on line one, or I'm not sure what's going on. Okay. Hi. Mark, are you still there? Yes, I am. Great. Um, we are going to be talking in the next hour about polyamory, which is the philosophy and practice of loving more than one, uh, one other person at a time with the knowledge and consent of all parties. And we will be also talking with the Closed Loop Society, a bisexual alternative to monogamy. And That's going to be a very interesting conversation, so please stay tuned with us after the hour. We're going to be talking right now with Ann. Hi, Ann. How are you?
1: I'm fine. How are you, Tony?
2: Great. It says here that you are in a triad of relationships? Yes. Okay. You want to tell us what that means?
1: It's a polygamous relationship. Um, We did have a a ceremony. We're all Christians.
2: And are you, is it two women and one man? Yes. Okay. So you have uh, one husband. Yes. Are you the first or the second wife? Second. And, And how long was your husband married prior to your becoming part of this relationship?
1: 23 years.
2: Well, he had his first wife for 23 years. Yes. Now how long have you been in this uh, polygamous relationship? Two and a half years. You've been married for two and a half years?
1: Yes.
2: Tell me what it feels like to be a woman in a polygamous relationship.
1: I like it. You do? I have absolutely no problem with it. Tell at me all. what tell me what you like about it. I like the the relationship, the closeness, um the, his first wife, I really don't want to mention names.
0: Sure, his absolutely. first
1: wife um, And I are best friends. You know, we have absolutely no problem with any kind of jealousy issues or anything of that nature. We're just very happy in this relationship.
2: Now, your um, intimate relationship is only with your husband and not with the the woman, the first wife? No. Uh,
1: She and I are both bisexual. This is where I'm sure we disagree with Mark.
2: Okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. So, but you are... uh, Consider yourself uh, a, a Christian? Yes. Okay. And you you and your husband were married where? In a church? Yes. In a
1: United, uh, not, not United Methodist.
2: No, I didn't think so. Um,
1: United Metropolitan, UNCC.
2: Which is what?
1: The Metropolitan
2: Community Church. Oh, Metropolitan Community Church. Right, right. Now, so they married you and your husband, knowing your husband was already they married. They married
1: the three of us we had a ceremony
2: with oh they married the three all three of, of you at MCC yes.
1: yes
2: so now but your husband and the other woman are legally married are legally man and wife correct okay so they they married the three of you in a special new kind of triad relationship yes interesting at MCC of the Rockies in Denver
1: no, it
2: was not. Oh, it was another it one. It was out of state. It was another, another place. Okay. That's really interesting. Do you have, Mark, do you want to jump in here? I don't want to keep you out of this conversation. No, nope. No, I'm just sitting, sitting listening. Okay. okay. Do you have any comments or questions for
1: Mark? Um, that is really the only area that we disagree. Sure. I am quite sure that Mark um, feels that, uh, that homosexuality or bisexuality is, um, is not right I'm sorry Mark I'm putting words in your mouth well no it,
0: it, knowing that I my, I have stated that my position comes purely from the scriptures and that I've defined myself as a conservative you've probably made a uh, a reasonable uh, understanding of me
1: <laughs> whereas I'm a little liberal Christian and sure. my um, interpretation is that there's nothing specified in the Bible against homosexuality or bisexuality Against individual acts when practiced for ritual prostitution or temple cult worship, it was, but not as a um, a loving, committed relationship between people.
0: Right, and I understand that uh, you know, as you have you know called yourself, uh, you know, and so you've used the word liberal yourself. We've realized that in in you know the two different uh, directions when we uh, would bring this to uh, liberal uh, churches, that we would be. Uh, simply saying that uh, the the tolerance dogma uh, requires uh, the liberal churches to uh, recognize that consensual adult Christian polygamy that tolerance dogma requires that, whereas when we are now approaching uh, what I would say my fellow conservative Christian churches, then we have knowing that they're coming from the, the views completely uh, like, different from right. the, the liberal perspective. Right. We're going and we're saying, no, we're not sitting here advancing uh, homosexual practices. We're not advancing flesh. And we're, we're, what we're f- advancing is love, not force. We're advancing only the scriptures, absolutely scriptures, nothing more, nothing less. And, and we are we are definitely... Uh, you know uh, of the same mind when it comes to sola scriptura and we're just simply uh it's an issue of men growing in so much profound love that they would be capable of helping a first wife embrace it gladly and being capable of attracting more and keeping it together and so
2: and that is so that is a slightly different it is it is actually very different probably in some ways than, than what ann is talking about
0: um, Perhaps, yes, but, that, but we recognize that, that in getting Christian polygamy to the churches, we've got that two different directions we right. have, to, to have to realize and, and right. help, because we want to obviously persuade the churches. Because once we actually persuade the conservative churches, because I, I see ultimately is you know, the, the tolerance doctrine of the liberal churches uh, requires them to tolerate consensual adult Christian polygamy. If it's consensual and it's adult, that's the tolerance doctrine requires... Because it's
2: consensual, it's adult, and it's non-destructive, yes.
0: Well, but that's what I said. It's yeah. consensual. Right. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I, well, yeah. I, mean
2: I, don't, I don't, for instance, tolerate, you know, people that hurt each other, even well, if they consent to it. I said love not it. force, right? right. Well, I mean, I've been preaching love not right. force
0: over and over and over. Love not force is right. definitely the message.
2: Right. And, 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 and that's why your position would be one that even though I would be personally uncomfortable with, I couldn't condemn.
0: Exactly. And so that's where where we bring Christian believing to the liberal churches. But now when we're going to the conservatives, we're saying we're only based on the Scripture. We've not added anything. We've not taken anything away. We're we're not, uh, you know, building a a, a tyranny or a chest-pounding, if anything. We're calling uh, Christian men to go, you know, promise keepers called men to go from first grade to sixth grade. What we're doing is we're calling men to go to twelfth grade. It's time to really grow up, be so profoundly loving and giving and selfless and ministering that it's not about you, but it's about ministering out of you. You, ministering to the woman that should be capable of this.
2: Okay. And Listen, Mark, uh, this has been an absolutely incredible hour. I have appreciated your um, openness, your vulnerability, your, your willingness to uh, dialogue with me, uh, um, a more liberal Christian on this particular topic tonight. We're getting close to the end of this hour, so I don't want to um, uh, make sure I don't thank you before the hour is up. Mark Henkel is National
0: Polygamy Advocate. Presented polygamy to the public since 1994.
1: (laughs) NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com